The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kurt, and welcome back to Farlands or Bust. This is episode 652, coming out on Wednesday, August 23rd, 2017, here from the panoramic foggy views of our sighty hole. Did I hit F one too many times at, at a point in recent history? Nope, I guess that's just our normal fog distance there, but uh, yeah. Episode 652, how did I, how did I get in here? Well, I guess this is one way. Hey, Wolfie, how you doing? Let's secure this sidey hole. Let's get rid of some stuff we don't need, like cobble. Grab Wolfie. Ooh, neat. I Honestly, it was probably too dark <laughs> for me to see the place that we were setting up camp at the end of the last episode. A nice little structure. Potential uh, F3 monument right here if, if this was the end of a season, which it's not. But uh, yeah, we are going to continue west in that direction. Whoa, I got just turned around right there. Where? Let's watch the compass. There we go. Let's go. Let's go west, which I think happened to be the way that the... Uh, Careful, I? How did you even do that? There was no place for you. Mm, you noodle. Yeah, there's the window. The window was facing west. You, my friend... Are are just a, a a barrel of laughs today, aren't you? Already two two damage points taken. We've barely left. We've barely left the station. But uh, oh, that looks neat. Screenshot. Boop. Let's continue on towards those far lands. Like I said, episode six five two, August twenty third, and today is a day that I'm gonna have a hard time finding the words. I'm gonna have a hard time finding the words to describe the things I'm about to tell you. And that's because the last episode, like I mentioned, was the first, or I'm sorry, the last uh, episode before the solar eclipse of Monday, August 21st. All right, all right. This, this episode is gonna be one of these, isn't it, Wolfie? And uh, I'm, I've got so much to say. You're just a distraction, my dude. My dude. Be cool. Be cool, man. Yeah, the solar eclipse. Totality, a total solar eclipse. Went from the Oregon coast all the way, all the way out across the continental United States. Out of uh, the South Carolina coast, the East Coast. Perhaps the most viewed... Solar eclipse, total solar eclipse in in history, just based on the population of people it passed over, and I viewed it from the totality zone, and I am. It's difficult to put into words. It's very difficult to put into words. Uh, like I mentioned, a, a lot has happened in the last year for me, uh, so I perhaps didn't dedicate as much time or advanced planning to viewing this solar eclipse as I perhaps earlier put on. Uh, apparently our friend Cone Dodger, who also got to see Totality, um, apparently he's had it on his calendar since I first mentioned it, probably in an episode of Far Lines or Bust four years ago, he said. 
and I mentioned that it's a total solar eclipse. <laughs> if that is anywhere remotely anything interesting to you, then you have to drive to totality. And a lot of you, I know, a lot of you perhaps couldn't get off work or, or you live just outside the totality zone and couldn't travel or whatever and you saw a partial solar eclipse, maybe even up to 99% eclipsed. And I'm sure that's amazing. And it was amazing. All the, the partial moments before and after are, are an amazing thing. And it's cool that you get to look up and see the sun practically blocked out and the sky turns a weird color and is, it gets a little bit dark. But that is nothing compared to totality. Totality is just a completely different event. I can now say from first-hand knowledge. Just, I'm, I'm without speech. <laughs> it's, uh, even all, all, I, let me tell you this, all the pictures I've seen from this solar eclipse and even previous ones, even the most high-fidelity multi-exposure, you know, you see all these pictures that even have like, you can see the surface of the moon and you get all the very fine detail of the the, the outer uh, coronasphere of the, the sun splaying out like webs and arms to the left and right. Even the, the greatest of pictures don't don't compare to having actually seen it in person. It it's it's I've heard this said before that oh you just have to experience it. You can't be told, you can't watch a video. It's true. Cameras and, and all sorts of camera trickery just don't have the the obviously the physical experience of being there and feeling it get colder and the sounds and people gasping and watching the, the, the shadow roll in and the colors. That's the thing that, that shocked us is the colors. These are colors that are yeah, I can't describe. It's never it, it, it's never those colors in the real world. And it's not like a sunset. You know, you can see some, and I, I'm, I'm a purveyor of very beautiful sunsets to go watch, uh, whether they were in, you know, Phoenix in Arizona or, or out here on the coast. Uh, sunsets, you don't get these colors during sunset. It's just this weird. And it's, it's not just, oh, in the sky, it's the ground and like the air around you feels like this weird purple and also yellow for some reason is like in there. And it's, it's just a, just, alien. It's just an alien thing. And I'm doing a real bad job. Like, even my words. Pictures pictures can't tell you, and my words can't tell you, but I'm trying. I'm sincerely trying, my friends. But yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Um, and I think even from what I can remember when I first introduced the eclipse, like Cone mentioned, like four years ago in an episode, uh, I said, like, oh, it, it's even as amazing as the eclipse is, it's even the surrounding area that will enhance it. And I'm like, oh, I'll try to find some place in, like, the mountains or, in, in, you know, out in Idaho in the, on, on you know, a, a hill or near caverns or caves, not caves, uh, canyons and things. I, I obviously didn't do that. I ended up going to, I now live here in Seattle, in the Seattle area. Uh, I went to Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, which is a nominally a four and a half, five hour drive from the Seattle area, um, and is actually a bit south of the maximum totality line that went through Oregon. Uh, it's just like I said, so much has happened that I really didn't do a good job planning. Uh, and by the time I'm like, I need to make plans for this because I'm not going to miss this, I was initially thinking, oh, I'll just drive in and out the day of for the morning of. 
and then the fact that it started at 9 a.m. on the West Coast here, and all of the stories I was starting to hear about what traffic is going to be like, I'm like, that's not going to be possible. I've got to find a place to stay. And then by the time I was looking at that four months ago, five months ago even, um, all the places were sold out. Actual hotels were $1,000 a night plus. Um, camping sites were sold out. Rental cars were sold out. Uh, you know, the RV places were, were sold out. Um, I, I really had some limited selection. There were a few. There were a few selections that were uh, like festivals and camping things, which would have been, you know, like a thousand bucks or whatever. And then you camp out and whatever. They have music and food and porta potties and you know, all, it's all a professional. Like, it's all a professional setup. Uh, but I wasn't sure about that. That seemed pretty intense. But I found, thankfully. I found that, um, and there was more than one. People people got back to me and said, oh yeah, that, our university was doing that too. The university, uh, I'm sorry, Oregon State University. The fighting beavers. Uh, <laughs> they were renting out, because it's before classes started, they were renting out their dorm rooms uh, for the weekend. And uh, they happened not to be sold out. Which was fine and dandy because I needed a place to stay and I wasn't going to be picky. It was it was it was very for a dorm room <laughs> without a private bathroom and what equated to a cot, essentially. Uh, it was a lot of money. It was about what you know. You got two nights. I only stayed one night just because I didn't want to stay two nights in a dorm. Uh, for two nights, it, it it was equal to what I would realistically want to pay on a normal hotel for a night. You know. Um, so I, I didn't think it was unreasonable. Um, some people would think it would be unreasonable for like a, a dorm. You're staying in a dorm and you're paying that much, but uh, no, it all uh, my my earlier anxieties uh, all disappeared. Uh, everything worked out. Got down there in about five five-ish hours or something like that on on Sunday, late Sunday. Um, Barely slept because dorm room, no air conditioning, um, and 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 dorm room. Man, I have I have some thoughts about my college experience now and looking back, living in a dorm for two years. I mean, I know you're not supposed to expect like luxury, but it's it's no wonder I feel like I did bad or or just not good in college. It's because I probably was never sleeping and uncomfortable and just. Gross. <laughs> but but that's beside the point. I'm not going to talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about that next time. Hello, Moon. How are you? Good job yesterday, by the way. Uh, let's go to sleep, and I'll continue to fail finding words to describe what I'm about to tell you in the morning. And eclipseness. And eclipseness indeed. So, yeah. Went to go see the eclipse, and yeah, the the university had like fields marked off, or like they would have the official observing. There were a lot of people there. They sold out eventually of their dorm uh, room accommodations, and it was also an event that they made open to the public. I guess it's their 150th anniversary, and they got some grant to put on a big event, so they opened it up to the public and like. I was kind of worried about parking, but because I got there the night before, I 
basically parked the car and left it there, but then parking filled up pretty fast the next morning with just either locals or people coming in from out of town who were looking for a place to actually legally park their car and watch. And those fields, like the main fields that the campus set up for observing, those started getting kind of crowded. I wasn't, I wasn't really all about that jazz. Um, so we found, kind of walked away from campus a bit and found kind of just a, a little open field in kind of a remote part of town. Maybe like a 15 minute walk from the actual campus. What happened to my shoes? There they are. And uh, pretty much had that all to ourselves, except later on some, like a group of like four teenagers set up camp on the same field and they were very, they were very loud and rambunctious, but I think that was a lot better than being surrounded by hundreds of people hooting and hollering and people were setting off fireworks I could hear and stuff like that, even though fire danger. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's difficult to describe. It is so difficult to describe. And I, I, the first thing I noticed, let's just start from the top of the, top of the uh, batting order here, uh, was on first contact. That's when the edge of the moon first meets the edge of the sun. Uh, that was due to happen at like 9, 9.07 or 9.04 or something like that. And I had uh, a little app running uh, that gave you precise countdown based on your GPS coordinates. And it said, oh, first contact. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't have a telescope or any means of, of like detailed observing. So I'm sure I, I won't be able to see that. It's just a little, you know, the moon just touched the sun. But I looked up and sure enough, I'm like, oh man, already there's like a cookie bite out of the sun. This this thing is clipping along, and that's just that that was a hard thing to conceptualize as well. I you know I looked at the times. I read oh it's like about it's a little bit over an hour of uh, the moon passing in front of the sun before totality, and then there from where I was observing a minute forty of totality, and then another hour for it to pass completely out until fourth contact. I knew that, oh, over the course of two hours, oh, we'd have time to, like, relax or, you know, maybe find a better place to, to watch from. But I'm like, you can, like, just with your naked eye, visibly tell how quick the moon is moving. And that just conceptually was hard for me to understand. Uh, and I guess it's all, it's all a combination of the speed at which the moon obviously orbits the Earth. But you add that into the, your own perspective on the surface of the Earth, which, which is rotating. Uh, as, you know, the Earth tends to do once every 24 hours. And then on top of that, you also have to add a factor in... I think, anyway, this is just my mind putting the pieces together. I'm pretty sure you also have to factor in the speed by which the Earth, the Earth and Moon system, orbits the Sun and that parallax that creates. Which is why it's weird... You think, oh, the, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Why didn't the east coast get the shadow first? It started in the west coast. Oregon was the first state to get the totality shadow. Uh, well, it's all it's all those factors put, to put together. And you think of how light and shadows work is sometimes, you know, you can have the shadow moving opposite the... moves opposite the actual um, source of light if that makes any sense. So like, you just had to add all those things together and like, I know the moon moves <laughs> around the Earth, you know, one thirtieth every day of, a, of an orbit, <laughs> you know, once a month. 
but just to see it firsthand. And that's that's even the part that's really cool about a partial solar eclipse is being able to witness that movement and understand that kind of three-dimensionality of light source, shadow, you know, blocking, uh, and then us on Earth. So that was really cool and surprising. Um, but that also meant like, oh, I don't have that much time. <laughs> this thing is this thing is speeding along. I don't have that much time to like prepare myself either mentally or physically for totality. Um, so yeah, what I did, I, I didn't bring any, like I said, telescope or photographic elements or anything like that. I just had solar eclipse glasses and I did purchase, I mentioned I purchased uh, 10x binoculars, solar binoculars online. Like I said, just a, a, a last minute money grab, I'm sure, by Celestron. They just permanently affixed solar filters to the front of some overstock of binoculars they had on hand, but that was actually, that, that turned out a little bit better than I anticipated. You could actually, you know, it wasn't as sharp as the image I was getting, just with through, through your naked eye and through the uh, eclipse glasses. Uh, but it was a bigger image. Um, and, and uh, you know, you can kind of get a... Not, there wasn't too much detail. I couldn't... They weren't fine enough to be able to see the sunspots that were on the sun at the time, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, it was a little bit just of a different perspective. Uh, and then the only other thing I did is I did bring my GoPro. I set it up on a tripod in, in wide-angle mode and just hit record like about five minutes before totality and then turn it off uh, about like 10 minutes after totality because I forgot I had it running. Um, and I'm glad I did that. I just watched the footage actually for the first time and uh, everything happened so fast that like I'm afraid that I didn't like observe it enough or I didn't get enough and, and having that video and being able to like remember the sounds and I'm glad I framed it right where I got obviously a huge chunk of the sky, but I also got the ground and the horizon and the trees in the foreground. Uh, and uh, I'm glad I did that because it's a, it's a good way to kind of bring those memories back right away. Because that's, that's the thing that I noticed um, about totality. It's how fleeting it is. And stunning. It's so stunning, but it's like cruelly fleeting. And yeah, it was on the shorter side. If you were on the maximum totality, I think you got 2 minutes 40 seconds or 2 minutes 38 seconds. Um, and there are solar eclipses that can, in totality, last the totality up to like 4 minutes or so. So yeah, my perspective was not a particularly long-lasting one. But it's like cruel that it's like, I want to watch this and look at this more, but you can't because it ends. And you gotta put the glasses back on. And then it's over, <laughs> potentially forever, if you never get a chance to uh, to watch another one from Totality. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, just standing in this field, waiting, waiting, and the little app. You know, you can see the crescent getting thinner and thinner, and that's when you can really see it moving, is when you can see the crescent start to disappear on the edges, and it starts to slowly fade into a fine point until that point disappears. The, the little countdown timer was giving a countdown from five, four, and it was like counting down for a rocket launch. And then the sun disappeared through the solar eclipse glasses. Cavalove, yeah, I know. And and took my glasses off. And like I said, I've seen all the pictures. I've seen tons of videos of, of other people's experiences with solar eclipses. I've seen the ones that people took from an airplane. 
which are actually making the rounds again. I don't know if you knew that, but there's there's a Twitter uh, video being retweeted a lot saying, oh, they captured it from, from a plane. But that one was actually from a 2009 eclipse. <laughs> so don't believe everything you read on the internet. It's still cool, but uh, but yeah. And there are there were airplanes recording and Alaska Air had an airplane charter uh, to invitees only that, that chased the eclipse. So I'm sure we'll get video of this eclipse from an airplane. But the one that really made the rounds on Twitter was actually from 2009. Uh, sorry to bum you out. But uh, yeah, the th- not th- none of that. Seeing all these images, knowing conceptually, I saw the the projected of what it's going to look like based on what the sun is currently doing, what the what the streamers of uh, the corona and the outer atmosphere of the sun is going to look like during totality. It didn't prepare me for when I took off my glasses. I apparently, and it was caught on video. I made some strange, non-human, very loud and audible mishmash of noises <laughs> that was like a, a a combination of like inhaling and holding my breath but also wanting to express like ha ah, ah, you know like that sort of it i can't recreate it just because it was it's not at all what i expected it was amazing <laughs> and i just there was like i said there were no words and i'm pretty sure i just held my breath for the remaining of uh, the minute 40 or 100 seconds. It all lasted was 100, 100 measly seconds of totality. And it it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And if any of you were lucky enough to be within totality, I, I, I hope I'm not the only one who's going so deep off the, the you know, <laughs> the deep end of waxing poetic about how amazing it was. It's just... And that's, I tend to do that. Yeah, a lot of people might get into the science or getting the right photographs or the specific this or that or observing this or that. I kind of, coming from, I guess, an art background, anybody can. You don't have to come from an art background. But I just, even even when I was observing with telescopes and stuff, kind of look at it from an artistic point of view, I guess. But, uh, yeah, hard to describe. I'll try to describe it as I've been trying to describe it the last two Minecraft days. In the morning. And... Uh, speechlessness oh, Ow! That's fine, though. So, yeah. Totality was crazy. Essentially, like, the easiest way I can describe it, if you missed it, is... Okay. I heard the countdown, the last bit of light that I could see through my solar eclipse glasses disappeared. I took off the solar eclipse glasses and was instantly, literally, physically transported to an alien planet. That's, that's, that's really all I can say, is that this is not anything... This can't... This isn't Earth. <laughs> you know, this is... That's like a black hole in the sun, or it's this, these, like I said, these colors. It's never these colors. These colors never happen <laughs> in the sky, on the ground, um, on the horizon, the 360 degree horizon of uh, like a sunrise, sunset situation. And like I said, you can't even compare it to a sunrise or a sunset. It's just different colors. And uh, it's, it was, that's, that's all I could say. And even we were talking about it later. It's, it's even, we might be even a little bit, uh, Spoiled, I guess, in all those special effects and 
movies and video games and even TV shows, the, the vast majority of my brain didn't want to believe what I was looking at. Like somebody was holding up a, a, a picture of my face. This is, this is digital graphics. This can't be how it is. But it is. And that's just... It, it was... It, it happened so fast that while it was happening, I couldn't grasp. <laughs> like, I couldn't put the pieces together. I can't, Like, all the things that I said I was going to do, like, oh, try to observe uh, the, uh, the... the... the shadow bands, which are kind of interesting. Uh, little uh, atmospheric kind of refractions. They're not even exactly sure what happens, but a lot of people were actually able to catch videos of the shadow bands that happen on the ground and flat surfaces. Uh, I kind of tried, but I couldn't see them. Uh, but then even b during totality, I didn't care. <laughs> like, I was just looking at totality. Careful there, Wolfie. There's lava down there. And, uh... I, I took a brief moment. I did see Venus. I think I saw Jupiter. I, I, I unfortunately couldn't see Mercury. That was really... that's that's always pretty tough to see uh, Mercury. And I think Mars uh, might have been hidden behind a tree for where we were watching. Um, but yeah, I noticed some of the stars came out. I didn't really take time to make note of the birds acting differently. I didn't care about the birds. <laughs> oh, this This crazy... Just seeing the solar, like, flares, I thought, you know, again, seeing the pictures and conceptually, it's like, oh, the, the, the moon, the disk of the moon passes in front of the sun, blocking out all of its very bright light, so you're able to see the, the you know, the outer atmosphere of the sun, which is always there, but is always obscured by how bright the sun makes uh, our own atmosphere, blocks it out. I'm like, oh, well, you know, the, I'll be able to see a little, like, ring of, of, of light that is the outer atmosphere. No, this was, like, arms. Like, I didn't measure, but it just seemed in my head, at least, the way I experienced it. Like, four or five uh, moon distances just stretching out into space. Millions of, of, of kilometers into space, it seemed. And almost giving this 3D effect, like perspective, like it was the arms were reaching out towards you on the left and right of the disk of the moon. Um, and yeah, I, 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 it was crazy. And even the uh, the little timer app, like right away, said, "Oh, time of maximum totality in five, four, three. I'm like, maximum totality? It just started. That was 45 seconds ago. I can't deal with this. And. Uh, I'm, so, like, at that point, I kind of panicked a little bit because I'm like, I, this, there's not enough time left. I've got to take this all in. So I really quickly, I almost kind of regret that I did this because it took, like, 10, 15 seconds away. Uh, I, like, grabbed my phone and took, like, two pictures. One of them was a picture that kind of turned out really crummy. Um, the other one, I wish my hand started shaking and it was just like a blur. <laughs> um I just did that really quick and then put the phone down. I, I knew my GoPro was recording. I knew millions of people were going to be taking pictures with much better equipment than I even had. So I just kind of like gawked. And it, again, it just seemed fake. Um, I mean, there's only a few other similar experiences where like walking up and seeing the Grand Canyon for the first time looks fake. It's like too grand. Uh, that's kind of the only thing I can really compare it to. 
same thing taking off the glasses and seeing the totality of the solar eclipse just I, this isn't this isn't earth <laughs> like where where am i this is either like a dream or a, a simulation or something this is insane so needless to say <laughs> if you can't hear it in in my voice uh absolutely amazing definitely one of the most amazing and beautiful things i've ever seen with my eyes and like I said, cruel, just cruel how short it was. I just wanted to like study it and look at it and experience it more, but a hundred seconds was all I got. And as third contact approached, um, I wanted to slightly ill-advised, but okay for the brief second, I suppose. Uh, I wanted to see the diamond ring, which is that first point of light that emerges on the other side of the moon at the at the end of of totality uh, a lot of pictures again you can see of it but didn't compare to what i saw i just kept my my solar eclipse glasses off for that fraction of second after that first pinpoint of light and that was even amazing it's it was because i i'm assuming this is the reason it's just because it's it's such a uh, a, a tiny, minuscule point of light. It just seemed to just cut through the atmosphere, and it was brilliant white, which is like you know why, why it's been coined the diamond ring because it's a brilliant white. But I've never seen a diamond look like this. Uh, just a brilliant white light. <laughs> the the sun is a deadly laser. It's it was like the whitest purest kind of like white light that I could imagine and I'm you know normally we look up at the sun and we have a little kid draw a picture of the sun they they choose a yellow or an orange crayon normally the sun seems like a yellow light when in reality it's a white light it's a white main sequence star there are yellow dwarfs and yellow stars uh, that emit more of a yellow light but our star is a white star uh, and I imagine that's also what astronauts see they're above the atmosphere they don't get that filtered kind of tainted light um which is why when they're out on spacewalks and things they have to wear their visors in the sun that are literally plated in gold just because it's too pure and direct of a light that they would harm doing damage to their vision uh by being exposed to it but yeah then that happened and i'm i'm, I'm glad i like waited the fraction of a second just to see that and then I put the glasses back on and then just watching that crescent expand again. And and the temperature, the temperature, even, you know, like with 15 minutes before totality, you could tell the temperature changed, but it's still bright. We were talking, it's like if you didn't know that there was a solar eclipse going on and you didn't have solar eclipse glasses in order to see the bite being taken out of the sun, you wouldn't know. And it just goes to, I guess, show how freaking powerful the sun is just how even at 90 percent 95 percent obscured by the moon it still is bright it's still so bright and you obviously you can't look at it it's dangerous to look at it obviously that's why you have solar eclipse glasses but even then the temperature started to change definitely the temperature started to change and the fun part about I don't know, four, five minutes before totality. 
Uh, I'm happy that we did find a place that was... It did have a, a clear view of the west horizon. Um, which I think was better than staying on campus because there were buildings and trees all around. I was a little bit concerned that we wouldn't get to see the 360 sunset, sunrise, or anything like that. But getting a view of the western horizon, you could see the shadow approaching. This is weird... Again, a color that the, the sky never is. Just this weird purple... It's not like blackness. It's not like, oh, a shadow. It's just like, off. Something's different about that region of the sky, and it's the shadow approaching. Uh, and in that region of the sky, we could see the airplanes that were flying. You could see their lights, where during daylight you can't see the airplanes' lights on their tails and things like that, and wings. Um, but yeah, I, it, uh, I'm, 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 I'm hooked. I'm very much hooked. And I can see very much why Eclipse Chasers exists, because that 100 seconds of totality that I experienced is not enough. It's not enough. Yeah, I got to experience it, and I'm very thankful for that, and very grateful, and, and I feel very privileged to be able to have what I have, but there, I, there's so much more to see that I wanted to see and experience, and like I wasn't even able to breathe really during this one. Maybe if I do it more, I'll be able to experience it more completely, and uh, so yeah. I'm hooked. I don't know if I'm going to become a full-fledged Eclipse Chaser, but it's certainly something... Hey, Wolfie. Certainly something I, I want to do again. It's it's true. It's 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 off... One of those things that's off the bucket list. But now on the bucket list is see more <laughs> total solar eclipses from totality. I, I don't know if a partial solar eclipse will do it for me. <laughs> um, so yeah. There's definitely the next one in the continental United States is in 2024, April 8th, 2024. Definitely have to make plans for that one, but also keeping an eye on upcoming ones, specifically if they're happening in in places that are, I guess, reasonable to get to. Oh god, I don't have enough wood. Look at me talking about this. I forgot to get wood. At least I have enough to make one bed. That's good. I collect a lot of wool today, but not any wood. It's as if I'm distracted by something completely otherworldly that I experienced yesterday. <laughs> Can't even find the words. Didn't even find the wood to make my bed. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the next one in the United States. That's not soon enough for old Kurt J. Mac. Uh, the next two are happening July 2019 and December 2020. Pretty much in the exact same path across the peninsula of South America, over Chile and Argentina. That that would be a tough one. Like, that's that. those are countries I don't know the languages to. Um, possibly worth looking into if there's like a touring, tourist, tourist company or tour group going. But maybe not those. And also, those little paths of totality across land are very narrow. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that got very busy, uh, even with just Eclipse Chasers or even Locals. But one that I'm really interested in, if I compose, if I compose, uh, perhaps, like I mentioned, uh, Cone Dodger said that four years ago I informed everybody on Far Lands or Bust about the uh, 2017 Eclipse. 
we can look four more years into the future. I just had to count that out on my hand. To December 4th, 2021, a full three years before the next American solar eclipse. This time, totality is taking place in a little place called Antarctica. That, that would certainly check those boxes off of finding an amazing location and getting to totality. And would also check off another bucket list item that I've already told you guys about a while ago is that it would be really cool to go to Antarctica. That would be truly transporting yourself to an alien planet, both on the ground, in the snow, and with a total solar eclipse. So that one. It'll, it, it, it would break the bank, I'm sure, but there's gotta be, there are like tour groups that can take you to Antarctica. Uh, and it's happening in the Antarctica coast that is nearest to uh, South America. Uh, and I think that's the place where they have, I, I don't know the name of the town, that's where they have the, the research station and the place that quote-unquote civilization actually exists. But that one would be interesting to keep an eye on, just uh, just multitasking the bucket list items with that. And it happens in December, so it's summer down there. It's 24 hours of sunlight, except for the three or so minutes that the moon is going to pass in front of it. That would be wacky. The sun never sets. Except for this one time that the moon passes in front of it. That would be crazy. But yeah, I, I like, I, I honestly, I just took, did this entire episode off the cuff. I thought of like trying to write down my notes and like try to get my thoughts together. I'm sure I forgot stuff that I'll mention. Uh, about like the colors, the temperature, the little crescents of going through the the, the 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 leaves, the fact that it took 11 hours to drive back home, but I don't care because I got here safe and I got to see totality for a hundred seconds and I would like some more seconds, please. Please! <laughs> That's all I'm asking right at this moment. Total solar eclipse, Antarctica at some point, the Aurora, the Northern Lights, Southern Lights, maybe, well, the sun will never set in Antarctica when I'm down there for that solar eclipse, so maybe not then. Those are some of the things. Those are some of the things getting getting, getting through the list. And uh, I hope if wherever you were, if you did get to experience totality or even partial eclipse, I hope you enjoyed it. It was amazing, and I hope my over-exuberant stories today maybe encouraged you to try to seek out totality at some point in your life. And uh, I do appreciate you following along on this journey. Maybe I'll be able to record a future episode talking about another totality. Perhaps even when it happens again in 2024. I think we'll still be on this journey, my friends. Thank you so much for watching. My name is Kurt. I will see you next time. How did you even do that? There was no place for you. Mm.